Today, I'm talking, I'm continuing in this series on being unstuck. I'm talking about getting unstuck in your finances. You see, we live in this culture of instant gratification. I want it now, now, now. You know, you see, you crave, we want, and it feels good to, to purchase that item at the moment. And, and then, then you see the bill later on, maybe, and then you don't feel so good about it. And the truth is, this causes all kinds of problems, and, and debt is a huge one of those problems that I'm actually going to be talking about today, especially credit card debt. I think this is a timely message. I planned it for this weekend because it's the weekend where everyone goes shopping like crazy. And I'm just going to address it because I think the church, we are the church, that we should address the issues that are happening in society, that are happening in our lives. And this is a huge one because I don't want you to get to January and have regret and go into misery and depression when all of the, when you see what actually happened over this four or five week time period. You see, because at Christmas we feel this obligation, like I have to purchase gifts. And so you purchase it on credit, Christmas passes, January hits, and then you realize that debt really stinks. And, and it's interesting, I did some research this week. The median household income compared to where it was five years ago in the United States is actually down by 4.6%. So there's less money per family, yet the federal debt has also doubled in that same time period. U.S. consumer debt is right now at $11.63 trillion. I can't even wrap my brain around what all of that means. Uh, I, I did a comparison. I thought, well, I wonder what, the, what that was like five years ago. Or, or, and I, I did find a statistic from 2008 that says that it was consumer debt was at $12.68 trillion in 2008. So we've come down by almost a trillion. Aren't you excited about that? Yeah. <laughs> but, but so here, here's all it means, though. The trillions. I mean, come on. It just means that American households are earning slightly less. And that overall consumer debt in the U.S. is slightly less. And the government has also doubled their debt. So really nothing's any better. <laughs> Credit cards and mortgages and, oh, my goodness, financial aid. It's just all of this stuff. And debt can be really destructive. In ancient Rome, way back then, debt was also a problem. Now, it wasn't just like it is today. They didn't have the credit cards. But nonetheless, debt was a problem. And, and Paul, he felt, obliga he, he felt obligated to address this. And so he started the very first Christian church in Rome. And he wanted to address this situation. And so he did it with this comparison. And so he compared to being indebted financially to being indebted regarding love. And he said this, and, and, and it's, it's good. It's just good, clear wisdom. He said, don't run up debts except for the huge debt of love you owe each other. So what Paul is saying here is that it's good to owe when you owe people love. That's actually called healthy debt. So I want you guys to have healthy debt. But it's not good to owe banks and companies and other people money. That's what you call unhealthy debt. And really, if you want to get unstuck financially, you absolutely must positively deal with the debt issue. 
I believe that we should all work toward uh, a goal of simply not being in debt toward anyone, and we should make it a priority to get there. In fact, I remember when when God first dropped it in my heart to to do this to do the City Life Center to do the church. I knew this first thing that there could be absolutely no debt in my life because if I had financial debt, there was no way I would be able to go through the, the especially the most challenging part of, of getting a church launched because there's there's no pay. I'm just telling you, I still work here part time. <laughs> I mean, there is. There, there's no pay. You work, you work and work and work and work, and 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 it just there's nothing coming in, and so there cannot be any debt. That's why I was grateful that there was a man in our church who would fix my car when it would break down, and he would just charge me for the parts or whatever. I was grateful for that because because there is debt is not good, and it, it can it can be crippling, and and so so we had to we had to be completely free of debt before any of this even started. In fact, you know the truth is, the church wouldn't be here today if it wasn't for a commitment for no debt. Honestly, that is the commitment. I looked up the word debt in the, uh, in, in the, the thesaurus, and I found some really interesting synonyms for it. Are you ready? These are synonyms for debt. I mean, get this. This is crazy. Here we are. They're O, obligated, liable, in deficit, in default, insolvent, in over one's head, tied up, out of pocket, pauper, destitute, Penniless, you enjoying it so far? Okay, here, here, more. Needy, lacking, distressed, in difficulty, deadbeat, <laughs> having the wolf at the door, living hand to mouth, beggarly, empty, having seen better days, gone to the dogs, racked in ruin, impoverished, bad off, hard up, beaten down, reduced to ruin, fleeced, stripped, reduced, unable to make ends meet, embarrassed, broken, and busted. Now, aren't you glad you came to City Life today? Because that's what we're talking about. Those are the synonyms for debt. I don't like any of those words. No, so no wonder we feel stuck. And the truth is, it's going on in a lot of our lives. And that's why, quite honestly, we don't want to talk about debt. Now, please understand this. This is not a message about creating shame around debt. Here at City Life, we resist a culture of shame because shame always causes people to hide. You wear a mask, you fake it, so you ultimately live as a hypocrite. So we resist that. Uh, so what we do want to do today, though, is to be honest. And, and as we move into this month of Christmas, I've identified six quick signs that might clue you in that you're in trouble financially. And I'm going to ask you to assess yourself because today, today's message is extremely practical. And so I'm going to talk about these financial danger signs. And here they are, living on credit instead of paying cash, delaying payments or paying the minimum due, unable to tithe or save, unable to pay taxes, extravagant spending, looking for get-rich-quick ideas. Does any of this sound like you? In fact, the, the, the statistics show that if you go into a store, or let's say if you went into a store uh, over the past few days and you had this intention of buying on credit, the statistics say that you will spend up to 23% more than if you were planning to pay with cash. That's why they're always saying, would you like to open up a credit card account right now? Come on, you can't. I'll save you money if you do that. It's like, well, well why do they do that? Uh, it's, it's called business. They want your money, okay? That's what it's all about. But it's also a trap, and they lure you in with the debt, and you end up buying things that you don't need, and you do it with money that you don't have, and you do it to impress people that you don't even like. 
And it all puts us on edge financially, and debt is lurking everywhere. And then all of a sudden, you're realizing you're stuck. Well, I want to talk about some biblical steps about getting unstuck. And today's message can be very liberating for some of you. My prayer is this, is that you will look back on today, maybe next Thanksgiving, and you'll say, this is the day when I began to be free And I'm really passionate about this subject because the Bible actually has a lot to say about money. In fact, Jesus talked more about money than any other topic other than the kingdom of God. And why? It's because Jesus loves us and he doesn't want us to be stuck. So I'm going to talk about how to get unstuck financially. Several points very quickly. And some of these, you're just, you're going to need to to get these real into your heart. And and, and it's really these, 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 points that I'm sharing today, they are sequential. These are steps. So here's the first one. To get unstuck financially, we should commit to becoming liberated from debt now. Just make that commitment. It's where it starts, where you just say, I'm tired of being stuck. Uh, David, King David said this. He says, the wicked borrow and never repay, but the godly are generous givers. Now, by any chance, are you living like a wicked person with no intent to repay, but you're borrowing. I don't want to be that way. I don't want to be a wicked person. So get rid of your debt because what happens is just one sideways slip, one uh, uh, inconsistency in the economy and your life could be careening out of control financially. So instead of digging yourself deeper into debt, I encourage you to create a plan to get out, to write it out and choose to be consistent with it and make a commitment today that you're simply going to live different. It may mean that you, this year, are going to do Christmas different. It may mean that you are going to delay some gratification. Because any fool can get into debt, but a wise person of character and commitment will identify it and work to get out of debt. So to get unstuck financially, what you need to do next is you need to make a list of everything that you own and all that you owe. I mean, just simply create a little spreadsheet or just get do it the old-fashioned way. You know, use the analog method, the old-fashioned method. Get out paper and pen and write it out. Draw a line down the middle on one side, how much you own, and, and the other side, how much you owe. And, and, and if you owe more than you own, that's called being upside down. And, and, but that's where you have to start. Uh, you know, King, I mean, Solomon, King Solomon, the wisest man who ever lived outside of Jesus, he says it takes wisdom to build a house, and understanding to set it on a firm foundation. Two really important words. You see them there? Wisdom and understanding. See, when you begin to see the facts for how they are, it will give you amazing perspective, and it will give you the ability to confront the facts so that you can get unstuck. And the next thing you need to do is is you just simply need to have a sale. It's called eBay. It's called yard sale. It's called estate sale. Just get rid of some stuff and sell it. If you own stuff that you're not using or you don't need, do not hang on to it. It's not your precious. It's not special. Let it go. It's not wise to hang on to it. And you have all this stuff, and you actually have equity in that stuff, so why not sell it so that you can get yourself out of debt? Some of you bought stuff over black 
Friday weekend, and the truth is, this morning you woke up and you're regretting your purchase, and you're trying to talk yourself into why it was a good purchase and why it was such a great deal, I encourage you, get it, go back this afternoon, and return it. If you have possessions in your life that you, 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 you know you should sell and that you're not willing to sell, but you want to keep holding on to it, actually that becomes an idol. And, and uh, Ezekiel told us this. He said, get rid of your idols. And an idol is anything that comes between you and God. Idols are not just statues, but they can be anything. So have a sale and sell those idols, all right? To get unstuck financially, the next thing you should do is to start paying God and yourself first. Pay God. That's the tithe. That's 10%. That's God's. That's the first part of what you earn. In fact, Paul put it this way. He said, regarding the collection of offerings, on the first day of every week, each one of you should set aside some money in keeping with your income. That's giving to God. The second part is, is Give to yourself. Pay yourself also. And, and the way to do that is to put money into savings. Put, put not only 10% toward to God, but put 10% into savings whenever, whenever there's a, a paycheck that comes your way. And then you live on the other 80%. That's a wise way to do it. Unfortunately, most people live like the United States government lives, where they spend 110% of what is actually coming in. And that is a real problem. Now, I know you might say, okay, well, then what I need is to get more money because if I can just get more money, I can get out of debt. Well, I'll just explain something to you that is not fully true. The reason is, and the studies go to prove it, is that, that it, unless you actually have a plan and you're already working on that plan, is that when you do get more money coming in, you will simply spend more than you earned. Anyway, you'll just keep doing the same thing. So just put the plan together. Give God 10%, save 10%, live on 80%. See, if you adopted this plan at the age of 40, and let's say you were earning $60,000 a year, by the time you were 60, you would have been able to give $120,000 into God's work for God's purposes. But you would also have about half a million dollars put away in some type of an investment fund because it's growing. You see, the reason we give God the first 10% is, is we do this. When we do that, God says, then I will now bless the other 90%. But if we don't give that 10%, then God says the other 90% isn't blessed. And I don't want that for my life. I think God can bless, take care of better of my finances than I can, and that's why I give that first 10% to him. You might say, well, this doesn't make any sense. I can't, I can't wrap my brain around it. Well, I get that. I know that. That's why it's called faith. Because think about it, not much of what Jesus said really makes any sense anyway at first glance, does it? But your plan hasn't worked thus far, so why not try God's plan that doesn't make sense, which actually means that it involves faith. So, so if you want to get unstuck, remember this definition that we've used since the beginning of this series, and we'll be wrapping it up next week in our series of, on the message about uh, getting unstuck for your future, but regarding your faith and your family and your friendships and your work, unstuck defined as this. It's moving forward in my life because I'm willing to give God complete control. Four important words there, the last four, give God complete control control. I think we should do that in our finances as well as other areas of our life. Now, 
The next step to get unstuck financially is to set up a financial repayment plan. Now, uh, now that you know your total bills and you have a broad life approach to handling money, then what you do is you create a plan and you stick to it. The Bible has a lot to say about this. Uh, Solomon said, he says, good planning and hard work leads to prosperity. In fact, there's a fantastic book that's out, and if you've never gotten it, you should have it. Everyone should have it, I think, and it's Dave Ramsey's book, Total Money Makeover. Everyone's heard of Dave Ramsey, right? What a lot of people don't even realize is, is he actually took what's in the Bible, and he put it into a book, and, and is teaching people about finances, and he runs a big organization. And he's, actually, he's actually making a lot of money himself now and is helping a lot of other people out. Why? It's because he simply used the Bible approach. He's the biggest guy. He's the biggest guru who's out there in the U.S. right now. And I just encourage you to get that book, Total Money Makeover. It's like, oh, that'll cost me like $15. Like, oh, you spend it. Spend it because it could save you thousands upon thousands. He'll take you through these same steps that I'm sharing with you here today, and it'll help you to understand them. Uh, Solomon also said this. He says, get advice if you want your plans to work. So getting advice from people who are wise and successful, that's actually going to put you a little further ahead. The next thing you need to do is to plan to pay your debts in half the time. So in other words, if you have payments that are going on forever and ever until eternity and you look at it, it's like I, my payoff date for this is, is, is uh, 2045. I mean, that's a scary thing. What you want to do is just is to find a way to pay those debts on in at least half the time that's requested of you. So example, if you have an auto note that you just, just bought a new car over the weekend because it was Black Friday and you had to go buy yourself a new car and you signed like a six-year note, okay, what you need to do is pay that off in three years and figure out how much extra principal it will take to pay that off in three years because the car is going to be trashed in six years anyway. I know some of you might say, but that's impossible. And I, I know that. At first glance, you're looking at it saying, I don't see how this will work. But if you have really given God full control, then you are dealing with a God who specializes in impossibilities. You see, because Jesus said this, he said, what is impossible from a human perspective is possible with God. And I really, really, really believe what Jesus said. So if you have a plan and you've given God full control, God is going to give you creative ways to pay down and to pay off that debt, and he will make the impossible possible. And the next thing to do is to share your plan with your creditors. <laughs> no, no, that's too scary. I'm not going to call them. They're the bad guys who try to call me all the time. Well, no, simply call them and ask them for help. They're not the bad guys. What they're trying to do is they're trying to run a business that you chose to actually do business with. And so you negotiate with them, and, and you ask them, say, hey, I can't make this full payment. I, I, I can pay a little something here. What can we work out? And just start proposing things and, and just, just come away with a chip, chip a little more off, a little more off of your debt. And they tend to love to work with you because they actually do want you to pay them back instead of going through bankruptcy. And, and do not do a credit consolidation company. In fact, one of these things that, that, I, that I'm talking about here today, I, I realized that I stumbled into this as, as when I'm working with Compassionate Fort Worth and we're moving to uh, just really taking some steps forward here in the city to help people. We found out that one of the big, big needs here in the city is that people do not know how to handle their finances well, especially those who are, who are in the lowest income brackets. There's, there's, a, there's very, very poor financial management. 
And, and here's what happens. People bring their taxes into these tax preparers to, to get their taxes done. And those tax preparers, they're running a business, and so they charge them this huge fee to do this. And they're saying, yeah, but you're going to get all this money back. But they don't understand. I, 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 I asked them, I said, well, how much do these people typically make? Like, who are the most needy in our city? And they said, well, their family income tends to be somewhere around $16,000 a year. It's at 16000 And then they go to a, 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 a company that's going to charge them one, two, three hundred dollars to, to do their taxes. That, my friend, should not be. I know those people are running a business. God bless them, let them run their business, but why don't we do something to stop that? So I asked, I said, I said, if you identify the most needy place, the most needy neighborhood in our city, I just made a pledge on behalf of us and Compassionate Fort Worth. I said, we will pull together volunteers, and we will run a tax center, and we will find, we'll train people, we'll put them in there, and we'll have volunteers to come and serve to help people do their taxes for free. And, and they're just like, they're thrilled about that. I said, y'all would really do a whole, adopt a whole center? I said, well, you know, City Life plus a bunch of other people too in town. But yes, yes, why would we do that? It's because not only are we able to help them out short term with their taxes, but Every person who comes there is then going to be enrolled into a financial freedom course where they're going to be given the tools to get themselves uh, into a better, healthier situation where they are learning how to spend their money better. You see, if it mattered to Jesus, if it mattered to Solomon, it matters to me because I'm a follower of Jesus and I care about I care about helping. And that's just one of the things that we're going to be doing. I'll be telling you more about that later. You see, the Bible says this, Solomon says, when the ways of people please the Lord, he makes even their enemies to live at peace with them. So God is helping you. And, and so, so if you're tithing and you're putting a plan together and you're working it out, God tends to give you favor with your enemies, even if your enemies are your creditors. And here's the next one, is strive to get no new debt. See, the, the, the secret to this, though, is contentment. It's just simply being contented in your heart. And I, and I think the, the greatest cause for debt is not, we, we, I don't think it's right to blame Black Friday, to blame the retailers. People love to blame, blame, blame. I mean, come on. The retailers wouldn't be selling if people weren't buying, right? Right? I mean, that's just it. So the, so the truth is, is what you do is you strive to add no new debt and just simply going into this attitude of I'm content with what I have. That's why the author of Hebrews said this, be satisfied with what you have. Some of you, some of you, you see that scripture right there? Some of you need to just get your phone out, take a picture of that, and, and say it. I mean, make it happen. Put it as a wallpaper on your computer. Be satisfied with what you have. In fact, I'm going to ask you to come on, look at the screen. I want you to say those words. It's only six words you can say. Come on. Be satisfied with what you have. Now, that was easy. Now, turn to the person next to you and look at him. Come on, say it. Be satisfied with what you have. Some of you loved that moment. It's like, yes. <laughs> that was the biggest moment of victory for the whole service right there. But, hey, this is a command from God. This is a big deal. And, and then finally, to get unstuck financially, you need to stick to it and trust God. See, because God is never going to ask you to do something that he is not going to give you the power to do. So make those commitments and be persistent and do what's right for your future. Do what's right for your family. And, and, and then you can have that ability to live in financial freedom and simply don't give up. Paul said it this way. I love this scripture. He said, let us not get tired of doing what is right. 
For after a little while, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't get discouraged and if we don't give up. So, so stick to it and trust God. In fact, I want you to look at that. I want us to read this scripture out loud together because this is a good one for all of us. Come on, will you look at the screen? Let's read it together. Let us not get tired of doing what is right. For after a while, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't get discouraged and give up. So don't miss out on the blessing that's out there because today could be your day of freedom. There are a couple of things I just encourage you to follow up on, follow through on. Very simple things. A couple of commitments. And I just want you to hear me on these. And the first one is just to simply follow God's financial plan. Do it God's way. I mean, get Dave Ramsey's book because it actually does take you through God's financial plan. Even people who don't serve God are using that financial plan and they're seeing that it actually works. Duh, the scriptures work. And the second thing that I'm asking you to do is to commit your finances to God by tithing. In fact, you can even give today after the service and, and automate your giving just to, to give regularly and consistently because it does make a difference. Now, there's another type of debt, though, and I want to address this one because ultimately it's the most important kind of debt. It's not financial debt, but it is what's called sin debt. There is no plan for you to pay that off. You can't pay it off. I hear a lot of people talking about saying, I've done all these things in my life, so if I do all these extra things for God, then I can kind of pay off my sin. I'm telling you, you can't. It is not possible. It is impossible to pay off the debt of your sin. Jesus came into this world, became a sacrifice for our sins, and he paid the price. He took the penalty for our sin. He paid the price. So you don't have to. See, Paul puts it this way. He said, we owed a debt because we broke God's laws. And everyone in here, you have. And that debt listed all the rules we failed to follow. But God forgave us and took away that debt and nailed that debt to the cross. Jesus became that debt for us. Isn't that pretty awesome? That's the most wonderful thing you can do today is to have that debt of sin erased today and knowing that once it's erased, it's not going to come back to haunt you again. Accept what Jesus did for you. His death paid your sin debt and he will move, he will remove, he will wipe away that sin debt immediately by simply asking him to. Would you just pray with me right now? And I want you to be introspective. I want you to consider the sin debt in your life. When we're done talking about the financial part, I don't want to talk about this higher level right here, that sin debt. If there's sin in your heart and your life and you're not serving Jesus and you know that you have that debt hanging over your head, I want to pray with you today and I want to give you the opportunity to simply give your life to Christ and get that sin debt erased immediately before you leave this room. And would you just acknowledge with a hand in the air that, that Pastor, I want you to be praying for me as you pray this prayer today. Would you, would you please do this? I, I need Jesus. I need that. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Who else? Thank you. Thank you. 
thank you guys. Thank you. You can put your hands down. Who else? That sin debt, I need it to be gone. Will you guys pray this prayer with me right now and mean it from the bottom of your heart? You're talking to God. When you pray this prayer, do you realize that God hears you? The God who created the universe, who who created you, he is listening to you now. Just pray these words with me. Lord Jesus, forgive me of my sin. Wipe the slate clean of the debt of sin in my life. I give up. I know I can't repay it. I give up. And I give in to you. Make me clean through your blood. And thank you for allowing my debt to be nailed to the cross. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. It's one of the most important things you can do is to get that sin debt removed. And if you prayed that prayer and you meant it with me, one of the things that you, I encourage you to do is follow through with water baptism and take those next steps. And one of the things you can do on a connect card is just write on there that, hey, you gave your committed your life to Christ today. That helps me to know. It helps us to continue to pray for you and pray with you. Because that's the most important debt. You see, God has a plan for every one of you guys for these next few weeks as we move forward. And it's that plan is not just to be kind of wiped out and washed out through all the craziness of holiday stuff that's happening, but it's for you to live with strategy, to live with purpose. And as you walk into next year, you're going to walk in with your head held high saying, I, I'm glad I made the decisions I made in December, and I'm moving forward with new decisions in my life. Don't enter January 1 with regret. Enter January 1 geared up and ready to move forward because God has some great plans for you. You would, you would not be drawing breath right now if he had no more plans for you. He really, really does.